You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Miss, and I'm here with my lovely co-host Ryan, and you're listening to Season 3 of the Iterators of the Imperium Podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I am the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. And as you guys can see, we actually do now have uh, visuals on our podcast in a virtual studio, and I would highly recommend that you guys check it out on both YouTube and or Spotify. So yeah, come and join us, it's actually quite lovely in here, but yeah, I can ramble on for a long time. Ryan? Let's get into it. So what is today's topic? All right. Today's topic, as per, we know what we're doing here. We've done this a few times this season already. Yes. So just to set the scene in this episode, as with all past episodes of the season, <laughs> you are a super baby. Yes. Because I know you like being called super baby. Yes, you I'm know. labeled as Super Baby from now on, by the way. <laughs> you do like that title. <laughs> to be fair, it's you good. gave yourself that title. Yeah. yeah, not on purpose, though, but hey, it works. So, yeah. So, yes, in this episode, you are a little theoretical baby for the sake yes. of what's going on here. Innocent and blind to the universe around you, unaware of who you are, or what you are, or to any of the horrors or wonders of the galaxy. Yes. The year is somewhere between 700 and 800 of the 30th millennia. Okay. Slaanesh yep. has recently been born. The Eldar are still, you know, dealing with the fact that most of them died because of Slaanesh being born. <laughs> Taking and his first breath. That's yep. it. And the warp storms have finally chilled out across the galaxy because of Slaanesh's birth. And yes. so... On Terra, the Emperor and Malkador the Sigilite are finally able to kick off their crusade and venture out into the galaxy to, co- uh, to conquer it in the name of the Imperium of Man. But yes. none of that is where we're starting today. Oh. We are starting here, on the planet of Chagoras. Oh, it looks like uh, the moon a bit. It does, it? yeah. Huh. It's quite weird that actually. I expected this planet to look really different because Chigoris is like a really fertile land. It's like yeah, yeah it's got like, it's got really big mountains and stuff, but it's not like Fenris that most of the land is like it's mountains and then desolate hellscape. <laughs> this is like a really nice, vibrant, healthy, like grassland planet. <laughs> Wait, so, so you you would think there was some some greens on it then at that, least, right? Exactly, right? But no, this is apparently what Chagoras looks like, which weirds me out. <laughs> well then. <laughs> it might not be a very accurate picture, to be honest. This is the it's only one illusion. I could find of it. <laughs> so it's maybe it was... We should ride. I'm sorry. Yep. Well, I can't figure it. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was retconned at one point, because they have changed a lot. Um... They they have changed a lot in their like re-releasing of stuff, but yeah, the terrain of Chagoras would be a really weird thing to go back and retcon because I don't know what difference it would make. I mean, I could imagine it makes jack shit difference. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the story's still got to be the same, right? It's just right, like the scenery. If you went back and changed the terrain of Mortarian's homeworld. Or yeah. if you went back and changed the terrain of, like, Krieg, then it would maybe matter, because if Krieg's not a radioactive hellscape, it doesn't yeah, make yeah. any sense that the Kriegsmen exist. <laughs> this they is just, just a random planet. Yeah. Well, this, this, yeah, that doesn't make sense in my book. Yeah, so I... We were I, here. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know why it's not green but apparently it's a, it's a very like vibrant lush grassland planet so there's that <laughs> but yeah it does look like the moon in that picture <laughs> yes so at the at this point in time where you land on this planet it's uh, it was kind of wrecked a bit during the age of strife so, like, during yeah. the great uh, the age of technology, obviously, technology was advanced across the Imperium. But during the age of strife, where everyone got messed up by the giant AI war, and 
then was abandoned away from the Imperium, and most planets just died off. Yeah. A lot of the ones that survived had, like, a mass regression in terms of techno- uh, technological advancement. So these guys are currently at an age where the best weapons are, like, black powder weapons, if you know what those are. Oh. Like right? whip. Yeah, like a lot of, yeah, guns. Yeah, it's like pirate guns, though. <laughs> like crappy yeah, ones, like, like muskets. And, and cannons. <laughs> yes, I. Right. Yeah, so it's like, it's like latter, or I guess like mid to late and uh, mid to late of the medieval age, technology wise, is what these yeah. guys are dealing with, right? Uh, so like the best gun, or the, sorry, the best weapon technologically on the planet is an arc bus. Right? <laughs> an arc bus is like the first rifle ever made, and it's smooth bore and can barely aim. And it, but it was like the first one that had a stock for the recoil. You okay? You have told me about this before. Now, I cannot remember if this is on the podcast or if it is on Dark Tide when we played that stream. That, by the way, you can actually check that out on Iterators of the Imperial Podcast YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> uh, you have told me about this before, Ryan. And I feel like it might be a hint towards who, uh, which baby I am. But I'm not gonna say anything because I'm probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, but we will see. I don't know. Yeah, we well, we've what we're seven in now, so we're rapidly approaching the halfway point. You've got a fair chance of guessing. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but I don't want to make myself look like a fool. I mean, when you say who it is, I can either confirm or deny. Right, you know what I'll do. Truth. You know what I'll do, right? I'll get to the point that I'm going to tell you who it is, and then I'll ask you to guess, because we'll have done enough storyline no, 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 no. that you should uh, be able to get an idea. Uh, oh, come on, play the game, man. You hate me, don't you? <laughs> you want to see me suffer. <laughs> well, right, think about this, right? We've been doing the Loyalist Primarchs, and this is episode seven, so there's only three to go. So you've got three to guess from. Oh, yeah, but I can't remember who we've been through. That's fair. It's fine. <laughs> we just continue. It's cool. Yeah. It's all right. Okay, so the weapons on this planet are basically garbage, right? That's the point to take away from all of this so far. <laughs> but it's yes. a nice planet. So there is currently on this planet one primary uh, like power, right? And it is the Palatine Empire. Or Palatine Empire. Sorry, I always put an N in there when there's not one. Palatine Empire. Uh, or it's the Palatine who is the leader and his empire, I guess, for lack of a... Whatever. Distinction is irrelevant, I guess. So the reason this dude's powerful is because he's got a really well-organized army, which is made up of heavily armored troops and people with these, like, arquebus rifles. And at the time, yeah. because no one really has armor that can stand up to a musket... It basically kills anyone it hits. So if you have 40 guys, it doesn't matter if none of them can aim because their weapons are crap. As long as one of them hits, the thing dies. So if an enemy yeah. army charges at them, all they've got to do is keep firing in the general direction. They'll win eventually. So because he's got these really well-equipped, really well-trained, uh, disciplined troops, uh, he basically wins every fight. So he's ended up totally in power. So this guy's, like, in charge. Yeah. Uh, now he controls most of the planet, or well, most of the. Ma- There's only one continent on the planet. He controls the majority of it, or at least has power over it. Whether they see him as a ruler or just accept that he's going to come around and steal their stuff once in a while under the guise of taxes, right? <laughs> like whether you actually think he's your ruler or if he just turns up and causes you hassle, that is that is a separate issue. But there's one area he has no control over, and it's to the west yeah. of his like capital area. Uh, it, it's I can't remember how you say it properly. Steppes, steps. I don't know how you pronounce it properly. Basically, there's an area that's like a grassland that is essentially a wilderness because yeah. there's no real resources there that he wants. Right? There's no like mm-hmm. mass material deposits or anything that he would have any reason to stake a claim to. So he just kind of left it as was. And now there are a bunch of uh, essentially savage tribes that live there. 
right? A bunch of nomadic tribes that are not, uh, they're not settled in land. They haven't like built a village or anything like that. They move place to place all the time, just wherever they want to be, wherever the season dictates for the food to be, stuff like that. And they, they just chill out and do that. Yeah. And it was the leader of one of these tribes that found you. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, it was a guy called Ong of the uh, Talaskar tribe who found this little baby in a pod who he claimed <laughs> he claimed you had fire in your eyes, which was the sign oh. of a great warrior. Hey. Uh, so he took you in and raised you as one of his own and as part of the tribe. Yeah. Now, right, I want to make this clear. Nomadic tribesmen are not good librarians, so there's not a lot of stories about your history <laughs> from when you were really young. There are two things that are very clear, though, right? Mm -hmm. The first is that even as a child, you had grown to be the most powerful warrior in your tribe. Obviously. <laughs> you are a fucking demigod. <laughs> and yep. the second thing that is very obvious is that the moment you began to become who you had to be in the future was the moment that... Another tribe, the uh, Kurayed, Kurayed. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, when that, when their tribe's warriors came and attacked your tribe and killed your father. Yeah. Because you rounded up all of the Talaskar warriors, hunted them down, and killed every man, woman, and child in bloody revenge. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is why you don't <laughs> fuck with Primarchs. <laughs> I mean, there's many reasons, but that is one of them, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a seven-year-old just rolled in and murdered whole families and shit. Well, then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you ended that whole thing by taking their leader's head and mounting it in your own tent as a trophy. Okay. Yeah, so... Seeing the kind of the harm and the bloodshed that all of this had caused, you decided that you were going to put an end to this like brothers killing brothers nonsense going going on among the tribes. There's no real yeah. reason that you should be at war. There's no reason for the battling and the bloodshed, and you wanted to put an end to it. That was the that was your new goal in life. So you were going yeah. to unite all the tribes into one big tribe. Uh, so. Thing is, when your father dead, you became the new leader of the tribe. Yeah. And now you had a title suit or suited to you. You had a fitting title all of a sudden. Okay. Do you want to guess who you are? I mean, if we take from who we have left, we haven't talked about Vulcan, have we? No. No. We have not talked about what's the guy Khan. Uh, no, we have not talked about the Khan. We have not talked about Rogel Dorn. Yeah, so it's one of those three. Who are you guessing? <laughs> because I'm leaning towards the ladder. ladder but You're I leaning towards know. Dorn? <laughs> I, I don't know, honestly. It's been so long since I've heard about them, but... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> can you just tell me who it is and I can, like, either it, confirm what it is? It's the Khan. <laughs> It was Khan. Yeah, ah, you... you are Jagatai Khan. Because think about it. Remember, Khan, uh, the Khan was the leader. Yeah. So, and they were like nomadic tribal chieftains. So that was the title yeah. these people used. So you, when your father passed away and you took up charge, you became Jagatai Khan rather than just Jagatai. Yeah, the, the thing is, right, we, I don't think we have talked a lot about him, so... We haven't, no. Is the, the, like, I could literally only remember the Khan. I couldn't yeah. remember the Jakatai, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a noob. That is why I'm the noob at Warhammer and Rise, the expert. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <not> me. <laughs> Round of applause for Ryan. Let's go. Uh, nice. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> I, hope, I hope one other person did that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so... Now that you're in charge, you rounded yes. up the Talaskars and you begin, you know, leading them in this war to unite the tribes, fighting yes. hundreds of battles in years to come. Yes. Now, every time you defeated a tribe, 
you incorporated them into the new Talisker Confederacy. You were no longer a tribe, you were a confederacy made up of all the tribes you had captured, right? Or yeah. subjugated, I guess, would be a better word. Uh, you made military service mandatory. No one was allowed to not be a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. And you also constantly reorganized the troops so that they were all mixed amongst each other so that it got rid of this kind of like blood feud nonsense going on. Because the guy standing next to you isn't the guy that, that killed your uncle that you never met four decades ago. He's now the guy watching your back in the next bloody war is about to happen. So you two better become friends real quick. <laughs> you better get the fuck over it, man. <laughs> so... As you started gathering more and more of the tribes together, uh, the likelihood, I guess, of anyone doing this whole brothers killing brothers nonsense became smaller and smaller because now they saw each other as allies because they had to because they were all part of the same deal, you know. Now, at the age of 10, right, 10 years Mm -hmm. into your time on Chakoris, as you and your people were heading to your winter encampments, uh, or you and some of your people. It wasn't all of them. I want to make that clear. You were caught yeah. in an avalanche. Right? And all the normal humans died. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, you basically just dug yourself out and started looking for survivors. See anyone you could dig out. And yeah. as you were doing this, you were set upon by a group of noblemen from the Palatine Empire, led by the Emperor's son... Uh, who were hunting? They were hunt- they were they just hunted people like tribesmen for sport. But they found you in the mountains and were like, "Oh, we're ha- we're gonna <laughs> we're taking this guy." <laughs> of course. Uh, the thing is, the only thing that made it back to the emperor was one of the horsemen who was half beaten to death, carrying his son's head with a message that the tribesmen were no longer the emperor's playthings. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> get fucked was basically the message you sent him. <laughs> get good kid. That's it. Now, when it came to summertime, and obviously the snow thaws and everything like that, it becomes a reasonable time to wage a war because you don't re- you don't wage a war in winter in a on a planet that actually has really harsh winters. No, right? Because that's... that's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So, when it came to summer, the Emperor decided, revenge time, let's do this. So he rounds yes. up all his heavy armoured troops and all his uh, arquebusers? Arquebusiers? I don't know what the term is. <laughs> it might be arquebusiers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he rounds up all his troops and marches them out to meet you. And that wasn't a very smart idea. <laughs> this guy has won all of his wars so far out of, like, equipment and like training dominance right yeah but it's kind of like the vikings right that if you have a bunch of like englishmen soldiers from medieval times fighting a bunch of viking savages the vikings did surprisingly well in that scenario because they were not fighting with honor or anything like that they were just you know, plant an axe in one guy's back and move on to the next one, right? They they were they they were impossible to kind of you know figure out what they were going to do next, and they were also a lot faster because they were wearing much lighter armor. Yeah. So you had a similar advantage in this situation. Your troops were much faster than theirs, especially because a lot of you were on horseback, and their troops, obviously being heavily armored, were slow. And the arc boss, uh, arc bosses could barely hit a target, especially if it was moving. Could barely hit a guy standing still two inches in front of it. To be honest with you, uh, so with the speed you guys were moving at, you basically just circled them and picked them off while constantly raining them with arrows till you wore them down. This went on until eventually the emperor had to flee with like three of his troops that were still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so he pissed himself and ran away to his palace. <laughs> uh, now, at this point, you were like, all right, well, the tribes are all together now. We, we've got this, right? We've, we've sussed this out. You'd conquered all the tribes and brought them all into the Confederacy. So they were all yeah. allies now. The wars of kind of like brother-on-brother killing were going to end. 
problem is now the emperor obviously has just shown that he's not going to let up and he yeah. obviously has been hassling the tribesmen for god knows how long so now that needs to end so a new enemy popped up it was about this time that because you had aligned all the tribes and fought off the emperor and saved your people and all that that uh you were you were titled by the elders of all the tribes as the Khan of Khans or the Kagan. Yeah. So that's hey. what, that's you there. I'm uh, cool. Oh hell yeah! So you you oh, were meant to be yeah. like like the rightful leader of the tribes, which means yeah. that the tribes see you as the rightful leader of Chagoras. Yeah. So now a new war starts, and that's the war to take over Chagoras so that all of the infighting stops altogether. Basically, just yeah. unite the planet. And that's what you did. You set about taking over all the cities. <laughs> so you just yeah. started marching your army to one city, besieging it, and offering them two choices. They can surrender and, you know, accept that you're in charge now, or yes. the second option, Die. which was much more fun, you will reduce their city to ashes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's my way or the highway. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to burn your house down if you don't agree. Like, you know? <laughs> it's, it's like that. Yeah, you're just sitting um, there with a flaming torch, like, clo- like getting closer and closer to their thatch roof. You're like, you going to join me? You going to join me? You going to join me? <laughs> what you going to do, huh? <laughs> Make your choice. Thing is, most people didn't just surrender. Most people, like most of the town stuff, fought back. And then you burned oh. them to the ground because, well, you told them you would. I kind of like that, you know. They're feisty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the benefit of that is that when you did take over the whole planet, anyone who was going to fight back was dead, basically. (laughs) And you'd burnt down their houses. (laughs) (laughs) They were either dead or homeless. And I find that homeless people rarely are much of an issue when it comes to political dominance. They usually don't even get a vote. (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah, so you basically just worked your way across Chagoras, because luckily it's one big continent, so you didn't need to figure out how to build a boat or anything, uh, and just took over or burned every city along the way, until you got to the capital. When you besieged the capital, you weren't going to like start a full-on war, you were like, no, no, I'm going to do this the fun way. You declared yeah. to, the, like, to the people inside the city that you would leave them all safe and alive if they gave you the Palatine. Right, you just wanted the emperor, <laughs> so the people turned on him, ripped his head off, put on a pike, and gave it to you. <laughs> well then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, I, I don't think I'd want to be in charge of these people. <laughs> no nope, qualms nope. about decapitating their leader. Th- that, that's a uh, that's a hard pass for me, you know. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I got it. I, I can't. I can't make it that day. <laughs> yeah. So you. Oh, by the way, you mounted his head in your in your tent, just like the first the guy that killed your dad. <laughs> oh. You just like well, mounting I'm... heads in your tent, but that's the thing you do. That sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, something. So now you were now that you had captured every city on the planet or burned them to the ground. You are now the ruler of Chagoras. The people have accepted that you're in charge. <laughs> yes, as they should. Yeah, the thing is, it's not really what you wanted, because it's a lot of responsibility and stress that you didn't really want. You don't want to be, like, a political leader or a ruler. You just wanted everyone to stop fucking killing each other for no reason. <laughs> you know? What? It shouldn't be that hard, right? Yeah, that was basically your point. You're like, for the love of God, people, can we stop murdering people's dads? Uh, but you realise that this was the only way that that could happen, basically. This was the... You dealing with the responsibilities involved in it was the only way peace would exist. Ah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone had to, and the guy that was currently in charge was not fucking doing it. So, no. you would. Uh thing is, you were now obviously in the civilised lands of this planet with towns and cities and stuff and the tribesmen didn't want to be like that they wanted to be tribesmen they weren't like nomadic because they couldn't build a town (laughs) they could figure out how to build a town they just wanted to be nomadic they wanted to live on the lands 
So they went back. <laughs> And you were just left in charge of this fucking planet while they're off hunting and stuff for a laugh. <laughs> now, six months into you running this planet, right? It, it was yeah. going all right. Like, nothing nothing horrible had happened. You were leading it fairly well. No one was murdering each other for no reason, except for the odd random criminal who was probably swiftly beheaded. Because that's probably your thing. You've probably got a skull tent somewhere at this stage. Uh, I like to think that the, the bridge of Jagatai Khan's flagship just has a tent in the middle of it full of enemy skulls. That sounds grim. It just sounds like something new. He likes putting, putting heads in his tent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. I won't taste, I guess. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, six months in, everything's going well. Now, this is around the year 865 of M30, which means that you were probably actually landed on this planet in about 835 of the 30th millennia, mm -hmm. right? So, around this time, on this, in this, or on one random day in particular, you were met with a strange sight. Two giants and a handful of much larger than normal soldiers, all mm -hmm. clad in ridiculously big armor. Yeah. So the soldiers were in silver armor, the tallest of the giants was coated in gold armor, and the smaller was black, like in black armor, head to toe. So this was the emperor and his favored son, Horace Lupercal who had stumbled upon you. Mm -hmm. They explained, you know, who they were and what was going on and what was going to happen. You were, like, that you were to join them and get your own army and be a general, essentially. Yeah, essentially copy-paste from when Daddy's home, you know. Exactly, yes. It's, it's the usual script that, that, they, that he hands out. I think he's got on, like, a, a card he keeps in his pocket. It's like... It's uh, <laughs> <This> card. <laughs> oh. You will take but, control but, of, insert legion name here. <laughs> like a fill-out list. Like. Yeah. It's like Mad Libs. I thought that I've said it the last three episodes. I've said uh, Daddy's home when the Emperor arrives. I just want to continue that streak. So that's yeah, fair. Continue, Ryan. No problem. <laughs> I have no issues with this. <laughs> so you took a moment to think this over, right? To think yep. over that what you've just been offered, essentially. You are the Khan of Khans. You you are the like the rightful ruler, right? You are a leader of leaders. Yes. You brought together the scattered tribes and led them against their bloody rulers. You conquered and built an empire. But if you agree to this offer, you won't be the one in charge anymore. You'll be a vassal under the emperor. You'll have to do what he says. Yes. Right? Yes. Which, that goes against who you are. You are a conqueror. You're supposed you to are, be the one in charge. Yeah, you are a leader of leaders. And now right? you're going to be... Under someone else's control. I could imagine that's that's rough. Yeah, that doesn't sit quite right with you. Yeah. But it was actually the troops of the Luna Wolves, Horace's space marines that were with them, that showed you the choice you had to make. In those okay. hulking soldiers, you saw that this was the same choice you had given to all those people that you had fought before. Submit or uh, perish. Right? Highway or the highway. That's it. It's when you look at yeah. the space range, you're like, oh, that's what this is. This is exactly what I did. And you realize... <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. yeah. That's smart, but I hate you for it, kind yeah. of. No, but he's still a loyalist, so... Yes. Well, that's the thing, right? The thing you realized was it, it wasn't the threat of death that made you go, okay, I'll join. It was the realization that Chagoras and your life on it had essentially been the galaxy's story in miniature. Right. Yeah. If you if you got the entire scale of humanity across the entire galaxy and did it all on one planet, it would be the story of you on Chagoras, right? Hmm. Yeah. But that's the thing is that now it's the galaxy instead of Chagoras, and it's the emperor instead of you. He's the one that is the Khan in this situation. He's yeah. trying. He's waging a bloody war across the galaxy. 
to unite the people so that there will never be bloodshed again, which is exactly what you did across Chagoras. And you yeah. realize that he, he his idea is right, because you were right when you were doing the exact same thing. How could you possibly not follow this man when he's doing mm. exactly what you would have done in that situation? You know? Yeah, plus it's his daddy, you know? Well, there's that too, yeah. Although That's that too. Yeah, uh... <laughs> So, that knows best. When kidding. upon realizing all of this, you bent the knee and accepted the offer. Yes. So once you joined, you were given like a really short induction kind of thing into like the way the Imperium works and the technology and all of that. Uh, you refused to let Chagoras be industrialized. <laughs> you were like, no, you have to leave it as like a grassland. If you fuck with my planet, yeah. I will murder you. <laughs> I, I swear. Will be having a hissy fit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What uh, I was, wait, hold on, I gotta ask this. This might be a sidebar. What happens actually when a Primark gets a hissy fit? <laughs> mm. Like, what happens? How many innocent people die, <laughs> essentially? I think it's basically just any, any single part of Angron's storyline is the answer. <laughs> like, the okay. war on Armageddon. <laughs> It's just Angron having a hissy fit. Like, any time Angron is anywhere, it's just Angron having a hissy fit. I guess I'm that's basically waiting. it. It depends which Primark you pick as well, and at what stage. Because, like, if yeah. the Khan has a hissy fit at some point, he probably just beheads a ton of people, right? If yeah. Angron has a hissy fit when he's, like, a Primark, like a normal human one, he probably just, like, turns a lot of humans into paste. By just pummeling them off stuff. Yeah. If Gilliman does, he probably goes and writes in a diary. The yeah. lion probably sharpens his sword a little bit too much. <laughs> Things like that. But nowadays, it's very different, because most of them are dead. So probably not a lot happens. But now, if Magnus does it, a few planets probably disappear. If Mortarion does it, I assume a bunch of planets have their entire population turned to, like, disease-ridden paste and gunk and again Angron probably just turns a bunch of people into paste <laughs> well he likes doing that it's his thing it's weird that's what it is a <laughs> little bit a little bit I'm sorry I took us way too off the track here uh, can you steer us back Ryan uh, I'll try and figure out where I was Oh, yes, right. So, you got, like, a really short induction to show you how things are going in the Imperium yes. and, like, new tech, here's your armor, all that stuff. Um, so you get outfitted with new we or, well, an appropriate weapon, appropriate armor, all this kind of stuff. You are... Oh, you're also a point of, like, a point of contention for a bunch of the other Primarchs because you're one of the later ones found. And, okay. like, yeah. Gilliman is kind of pissed that you only get, like, three days of being shown around. Because he's like, this dude isn't going to know anything about, like, the Imperium's culture or anything like that. How is he supposed to, like, take planets properly and, you know, lead properly? And the Emperor's like, the dude already conquered a planet with a bunch of tribal savages. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's not educated, but he, he gets, gets the job done. You That's know exactly it, yes. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a quote in a book called Scars, which is about these dudes. Uh, it's one of their yeah. horror heresy books that talks about um, how none of the Primarchs like like him or understand him. I'm pretty sure uh, Gilliman thinks he's like a savage. Uh, yeah, and I think it's Ross just doesn't like him. <laughs> he gets frustrated with him. Uh, but Horace loves this guy because he sees him as like a kindred spirit. Because Horace was the diplomat, right? He, yes. Of yes. all the Primarchs, he was the diplomat. And he hated it. Horace wanted to be a warrior. Horace wanted to be out there murdering aliens and stuff, right? Horace but unfortunately, the he was the Emperor's favoured son and he had to go on diplomatic missions and shit like that. So every time so he had to go politics. do stuff like that, he's just sitting there raging because he wants to be murdering stuff. And basically, he's thrust into that role not because uh, not because he had to be, but because he was good at it, right? Yeah. But he didn't want to do that. 
he just happened to be good at it. So he, that's the role he got. That's the that's the lot he drew. But the Khan is held to a similar thing. He's not a diplomat. He's not put in the diplomatic missions, really. But he's held to leadership. When yeah. he doesn't want to, he just wants to fight. And Horus sees them as, like, kindred spirits. Like, martial people being caged within the Imperium's rules and things. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite cool. I, I appreciated that. That's yeah. a little bit... Also, Hor- Hor- Horus was with the Emperor, you said, uh, you mentioned earlier, yes. when uh, yeah, uh, when they arrived, so... Yeah. Uh, uh, that might help us. I, I don't know. That might have helped the situation a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, the Khan during the during the heresy was like, so there was a point where obviously half of them are evil, half of them are good. No one's entirely sure which ones are the evil ones and which ones are the good ones. Uh, like none of the Primarchs know which is which anymore, really. Uh, for all any one of the loyalists knows, all the others could be traitors at any given time. Um, yeah. And it's a whole clusterfuck for a while because the warp storms start piling up everywhere. So traveling and communication become harder and it starts to separate all the loyalists more and more. And there is a point where the Khan is being told different things from like four different Primarchs. And his people are like, what do we do? And all panicking and stuff. And he's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fucking wait. (laughs) And they just wait until they get a piece of information that's like, okay, now we know what to do. We know who the bad guys are. Let's go get them. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, reasonable man. <laughs> what a reasonable fucking guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think part of that actually comes from that frustration he feels at wanting to be a martial uh, type, but being bound within this... I guess he's bound within a role of acting as like a captain under a general while striving for the same overall goal. Whereas a lot of the other kids didn't have that. A lot of them were following because it's dad or because they're supposed to or because they had no other choice. But the Khan truly believed in the original end goal the Emperor started with, which was uniting everyone so that there is no more war. Yeah, a vision of a greater good. Yeah, so I think that that is part of what made him such a or such a reasonable guy in such a harsh time, is that he wanted everything to go properly because he needed, or he wanted the end goal to still happen. He wasn't just trying to deal with this one situation, a lot of the rest of them were acting out of anger during the heresy or revenge or things like that. But yeah. but he was one that was still aiming for the Emperor's end goal, even with the Horus heresy going on. Which is quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the point at hand. Uh, you were given your legion, the Fifth Legion, the Star Hunters. So yes. they were kind of in a role of pioneers, so they, they split up into war bands and then went out into, into like the far off reaches to find new planets that that could be you know brought back in. So they were out like discovering stuff. That was their whole thing, right? What this meant was that your entire legion was split up all across the galaxy and the arse end of nowhere, and uh, you had to round them all up again. <laughs> But you'd done this before. You'd rounded up a bunch of tribes and made them all act like one army in the past. So you can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Copy paste. Hmm? What? Copy paste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you had the astropaths put out a message across the entire galaxy that the star hunters were to a uh, rally on Chagoras. It took six months to get a majority of the legion there. <laughs> Not even all of them. A majority. <laughs> Okay. Right? It took fucking ages to get these guys together. When you finally yeah. had it, like about half of them at least together, you got them onto Chigoris, right? Onto the planet. You got them all standing in like the grass plains of Chigoris. And you realized that these people basically all hated each other. They were all individual warbands who kept to themselves, or to their warband at least, and didn't really mix with each other. 
and had these like weird feuds that didn't make any sense. <laughs> so it was basically rinse and repeat. But the only thing tying them together was this like really thin thread of your genetics going through them all. What you did was you explained what happened on Chigoris and that this was their new home world. And yeah. Chigoris was the thread that tied them together, not your genetics. Or more or way beyond your genetics. This planet, it perfectly represented who they were and what they were and what they would become. Like like we said, it is the galaxy in miniature. The tribesmen were the were your legion in miniature. You know? Yeah. And on that field, you made your... Or you didn't make. You had your marines uh, take part in a ritual that the tribesmen took part in back in the day, which was you... To bond yourself to your tribe, you would draw your blade and scar your own face. And so, to bond themselves together... Uh, you did this too. Uh... You, every one of your soldiers, all 50,000 of the marines standing on the plains of Chigoris that day, drew their own swords and scarred their own faces to give themselves something to bond them. They all share yeah. the white scar. And so the white scars were born and the re legion was renamed. And just to show you, this is you in your proper Primarch armor. Hey. Also, I just want to tell you something, right? See that sword you're carrying there? Yeah. That is a power sword, so like the same type of tech that the rest of them use for their weapons and stuff. But it's also a great sword and a scimitar. So it is a scimitar like the height of a normal man. A right. scimitar is a one-handed sword. <laughs> Wait, the, I'm strong though. Well, yeah, what I'm saying is typically they are like one-handed sword sized for a normal human and you've got one that's meant to be the size of a guy yeah it's perfect yeah. for decapitating things i'm telling you <laughs> it has uh cut me out of a lot of bad situations right yeah throughout the time yeah for the record you're this legion fucking loves jet bikes you loved horses as tribesmen because you just liked to outrun your enemies. And then when you got, like, technology, you were like, fuck yeah, space bike. And <laughs> just started rallying around <laughs> battlefields, cutting people's heads off. Space bikes. It's a jet bike is the actual name, but uh, it's basically a space rocket bike. <laughs> it's the better way to say it when it comes to Warhammer. Just anything, right, any term, just space in front of, like... Well, these are just space Mongol hordes, I'll be honest. <laughs> That, that is what they are. They're based on the Mongol hordes. So this uh, is just space Mongol hordes. That's amazing. Yeah. I find that a lot of the ones that I prefer tend to be ones that you can just add space to the front of a stupid <laughs> word. Like space yeah. wolves, because they're just space Vikings. Yep. Space <laughs> Mongolian horde. Space bugs. Space <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> like, they're oh, great. Oh, for God's sake. It's like space marines ain't even space soldiers. That's the worst part. Space soldiers that's their astro militarum. You know what I mean? Six round. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> space bugs. Space pirates are fun too. Red Corsairs. Oh god, six round. <laughs> like the space everything, man. I know, I know. We have space right outside our window, right? <laughs> I feel like this could be a game we could play where we have, like, a random word generator and we've got to add space to the start of it and figure out where it fits in 40k. <laughs> oh, that would be good. That'd be fun, that right? <laughs> yeah, we might have to set something up here. <laughs> I feel like we could do that. Yeah, our future Miss and Ryan get on it, yes? Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think there was a boy on YouTube that used to do animations. I don't know if he still does. It was no particular into him. But he would do this thing where midway through a recording, he would turn to the camera and tell himself in the future to do something. So he'd be like, editing, and then whatever his name was, remember to do this. And then it would cut to, uh, to him sitting at his computer doing the editing, and he'd be like, oh yeah, no problem, <laughs> to the camera, and go back to what he was doing. <laughs> I was like, that was funny that was good I liked that it's a good little you know break yeah I, off, you know. I think it was yeah. PJ something or at the very least his nah. name was PJ I don't know if that was, was anything to do with the title name but I think he was an animator or something or 
video effects. Something, whatever, anyway. Cool guy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll find him <laughs> later. So, this is the point where your legion is now unified. You are the Khan of Khans in your full yes. panoply of war. And you go off into the galaxy with your legion to start doing some crusady stuff. Yes. This is also the point where we we're going to skip ahead to the end of the heresy. Because okay. we're getting into heresy, or we're getting towards the, you know, too much storyline to cover in this kind of, kind of part, you know? Yeah. yeah. The Horus Heresy as a whole is just... Yeah, we're basically going to look at the Horus Heresy in the next season for each of the individual legions. That's that's the plan. Yes. Yes. So it's a whole thing. Like I've, I've, I, even yeah. I know this at this point. Yeah, it's it's I a long to... story. There's a lot involved in it. It's a whole thing. If Ryan had to tell me about, or tell you guys as well, like about the Horus Heresy from A to Z, would have to do like a live stream of like, I don't know how mo- many days consistently, like without any breaks. It's yeah, it's a whole thing. It also get really confusing as well if we're doing it alphabetically because I don't know where I would start. Do I start with Altharius because he's a Primarch? Do I start with Abaddon? Who knows? Uh, Saying that, his name's actually Ezekiel. You know what I hate, right? There's a bunch of names in 40k which should be pronounced, like, which seem like they should be pronounced in one way and are pronounced in a totally different way. So, uh, Fabius Bile, to me, always sounds like, or always looks like it should be pronounced Fabius. Yeah. And it's not, it's pronounced Fabius. Which annoys me. But that's annoying. Yeah. But Abaddon, the despoiler, his name infuriates me the most, right? Because it's Ezekiel. It's it's spelled Ezekiel, right? And it's pronounced like Ezekiel. Oh no, Ryan, let's continue. Right? No, I don't <laughs> You're like, all right, can't do Kyle, Jesus Christ. What is he? A surfer. My... Anger issues could never let me you know, let's let's just continue. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that, that one really irritates me. <laughs> Yeah. So I just pronounce it the way I want to. Mildly frustrating. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. So we're going to skip ahead to the end of the, or to after the heresy for this particular Primarch. Yes. So it's seven years after the end of the heresies where we're going to start off here. So by this point, obviously, Gilliman's in charge, right? He's instated the Coex Starties. You quite happily accepted his point. He was right that you should split the legions up. So you've all your chapters now. So you've got a thousand of your kids still with you. And the yeah. rest of them are off doing other white scar second founding things. And uh, Gilliman then orders, or obviously he's put out an order that the loyalists are to push the Chaos Marines back to the Eye of Terror and the Maelstrom and stuff. Yeah. And then sets out an order that these areas are to be, you know, guarded to keep them from getting back out. <laughs> and because Chigoris is near uh, is near the Maelstrom, you guys are set to protect that and your sector of space, right? Yeah. So the White Scar, you guys watch this area, right? <laughs> watch this bit that you're already in. And you guys are like, Neighbor, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> so for 70 years after that, you are still leading your legion. 70 years, you did well. Right. Yeah. In that time, your planet keeps getting attacked by Dark Eldar. The Drukari keep popping up out of nowhere and attacking your fucking planet. Yeah. Right. They keep yeah. trying to take uh, people from Chigoris as slaves. And you keep having to fend them off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until eventually, there is one raid by an Archon, which is the leader of a of a family or a noble house or whatever in the dark uh, in the Drukari in the Dark Elder. One yeah. of them and their people really fuck up Chigoris a bit and you're like, enough of this shit. So when he leaves, you chase him. You take like a squad of your dudes. You chase this fucker back into the Maelstrom. By the way, the Maelstrom is a giant warp storm thing going on at the other end of or the most of the way to the other end of the galaxy from the Eye of Terror. Yeah. So, just so you know, it's similar to the Eye of Terror. So you chase these fuckers into the Eye of Terror, then into a webway portal. So you actually got into the webway chasing these guys. You were having none of their shit. Unfortunately, you've never been heard from since. Oh, for God's sake. But the thing is, all we know is that 
you got into the web, were you? You might have been murdered by Drukari. You might have been captured. You might have just murdered a bunch of Drukari and not been able to find your way out. <laughs> it's a very possible thing. Because even, yeah. even like, the Drukari can get lost in the fucking web, boy, And they live there. <laughs> I feel like the Drukari living in the webway is very much that uh, I can't remember what it's from I think it's just some comedian a few years back was like if you ever get lost on a desert island just say fuck it and build a house you're like I was lost but now I live here <laughs> so you're not lost anymore I feel like that's what they did <laughs> perhaps uh, probably well to be fair the city existed before they were the Drukari. So yeah. maybe random Eldar in the past got lost and were like, fuck it, I'm building a house. Which <laughs> <laughs> went from there. Uh, so yeah, the Khan is lost somewhere in the webway, probably in control of the Dark Eldar. And where yeah. we're sitting now, we're basically waiting for the Dark Eldar to start doing some really important evil shit so that he can pop up. Because that's what happens, right? New, new Primarchs come back whenever a particular villain that they are tied to does something related. And then they're like, just pop out of nowhere, like, I'm going to fuck him up. So, like, <laughs> the lion came back because uh, Vastor the uh, Archiphane turned up, the new Chaos God, or the new Chaos God wannabe turned up and started fucking around on Caliban and fucking with the Dark Angels. Unfortunately, that only happened because the Dark Angels have a habit of hoarding Dark Age technology. But it still meant that someone big was doing things to the Dark Angels. So naturally, you know, here comes Big Daddy fucking <laughs> Lionel Johnson to save the day. I like that. Yeah. So when the, whenever the Drukari start being particularly evil, that's when <laughs> Jagatai Khan's going to come riding out of the... Uh, the webway on a Eldar horse and decapitate someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good, man. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what's going to happen anyway. I feel like we're waiting for Magnus to become a little bit more of a dickhead, and then Lehman Ross is going to turn up out of nowhere and body slam him as well. I've been trying to figure out recently who has to become a threat again, who has to start like new evil stuff for particular yeah. Primarchs to come back, and I'm like, right. For Russ, it has like for Lehman Russ to come back, it has to be Magnus being particularly evil, right? Yeah. Uh, for the Khan, it has to be the Drukari. The Lion's already back. Gilman's already back. Like, I don't know about Darn. I don't know who who would be his one, but I've just been working my way through them, uh, trying to figure out who who has to be evil enough to bring back a Primarch next, basically. Yeah, there's a whole nother topic, though. Yeah, I, I'm expecting <laughs> Lorgar to be the next one to start some shit. Yeah? But yeah, because he's not done much in a while. Um, but he is a he is a, an evil Primarch who has a lot of storyline behind him. So I'm expecting yeah, yeah. him to turn up and start, like, doing this whole preaching thing. And then Korax is just going to come out of nowhere as a big shadow beast and get him. <laughs> That's the one that makes the most sense to me. Is for Lorgar to be the next one to come back. So yeah. that, but I, I think I would like to see Russ come back next. What about you? Who do you, who, Russ. Who would you like to see come back? Oh, you already know the answer, Ryan. But he can't really. I mean, depending on you know the situation. Oh well, you never know. Sanguinius could just turn up at any point. I mean, Ferris Manus yeah. fucking materialized out of the warp when the uh, when the Emperor got stabbed. So. I mean, I don't know. maybe, I don't know, maybe the Emperor, like, they'll finally turn off his chair and he'll die and the Sanguinius will just pop up somewhere. <laughs> awesome magic shit just pops up well, and suddenly we have the best guy, Sanguinius, back with his glorious wings. Oh, I should stop now. You know what could be uh, a good one, actually? You might be honest on there with Sanguinius, right? Because yeah. the warp is much stronger now. The Chaos Gods are much stronger now as well because of that. Because yeah. the Eye of Terror is now a big tear in the galaxy. So the, the warp's flooding out a lot more. So a lot of psychers have became a lot stronger. And the gods and stuff have a lot more pull on reality. Um, yeah. And the Emperor, obviously, has a lot more pull on reality. There's been a bunch of saints turned up recently and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but... 
now that Abaddon and so Abaddon and uh, Vastor have kind of, are teamed up, right? So the two of them are are the most evil threat at the moment, or the most threatening evil at the moment, I guess. Um, yeah. And neither Gilliman nor the Lion have any particular tie to Abaddon, so it doesn't make sense that they would be the one to defeat him in a storyline sense. So hmm. they could have, if they if they did something with Sanguinius coming back in some way or another, they could have him do that to defeat Abaddon as like a, I never defeated your father, but I'm going to fucking fix that mistake right now with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> Abaddon still has Horus's big claw gauntlet and stuff, you know? So, yeah. so it would be a very similar fight. Because like Abaddon basically just took over from his dad. He's just he is the war master of chaos now. So you could have yeah. essentially the same fight just down the line. Although I feel like maybe it's more likely that Abaddon with a with the chaos gods backing him up will end up fighting uh, Chapter Master Dante, the leader of the Blood Angels now. And maybe he'll be like powered up by Sanguinius through the warp. And then you'll have like the sons of the Primarchs fighting the same way that they once did. Yeah, I I could maybe see it being something to do with the Black Rage that that makes that tie in. Like maybe in that fight, uh, Dante would start to fall to the rage, and then Sanguinius would be like, you know, the like uh, father son Kamehameha thing. Just like his spirit <laughs> just rests his hand on his shoulder, and he's like, come on, we got this. <laughs> Just together had to go dragon ball on me yeah you just had to go dragon ball on me. i had to yeah but you know, that is like the best scene in all of dragon ball it's very good but the thing is right if you take it from a marketing standpoint for warhammer mm -hmm. is sanguinius like he's like one of the fan favorites as well he is yes right he's widely popular anyway so it yeah. would make sense both for the story and for well profits because of, at the end of the day it is a business, and they need to make profits. So yes. it would make sense. Yeah, on every parameter we can see. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I don't know if I would rather see it be Dante with possibly like a blessing from Sanguinius fighting him, or if I would rather see Sanguinius actually just stomp Abaddon to death. <laughs> but I don't know. Both could be very cool in their own right. But we have one last thing to do. Tier list. Yes. So yes. the Khan is second last in B tier here, right above Ferris Manus. Yes. How do we feel about the Khan? Has he improved? Has he gotten worse? Do you hate him now? No, no, he's no. He's beheading no, no. everyone. <laughs> I mean, he, he's already kind of high, right? He, he is. Not he's like the, mid. Yeah, like not in the elites, but he's still like kind of high. But uh, yeah... I don't know. It's tricky. I feel like he should go up. You think he should was go that, up? Is it yeah. Maybe a spot or two. Maybe a spot or two. You said he was seconds alive, right? Yes. So B tier is currently Vulcan, Rogaldorn, uh, Angron, then the Khan, and then Ferris. So keep in mind, I... Vulcan and Rogaldorn will be able to change in the next two episodes because they're the last two to do. Yes. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. I will, I will put him above both of them then. Yeah, because you have the room to adjust this as you see fit there. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, I don't really think I'm gonna like. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna like Angron. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a feeling that either I love him or I absolutely despise. Right? It's either like up there with Sanguinius, or it's like down there in the bottom, like gets out. You know, <laughs> it can't be in the middle now. I, it has to be I don't think you're, I think Angron's going to stay relatively middle. I could see him maybe ending up in C tier because he's kind of a one note character, but I don't yeah. think you're going to actively dislike him as a character. I think you're just going to be like, the others have a bit more to them, you know? Yeah. They're a bit more yeah. fleshed out, possibly, for lack of a better term. But yeah. I don't think you're going to dislike Angron by any means. So I could see him ending up in C tier somewhere. I can we'll basically see. see this changing so that all the loyalists are at the top and all the traitors are at the bottom. <laughs> I'm a good guy, right? Maybe Ferris Mass in the middle because he's boring. <laughs> That's basically how I can uh, see this going. Saying that, actually, no, Corvus is quite low. Corvus Corax is only in C. 
Oh. Yeah, you were Hello. not a fan of him. <laughs> I love that. Meh. Anyway, you want to roll this out? Yes, sure thing. I could do that. Uh, so, well, thank you guys for, for watching this episode of Iterators of the Imperium podcast. Uh, until next time, it's been me, Mess, and Ryan. We will see you. Take care and peace. Bye.